rocks were deeper as he got farther into the pass. He fell over a chunk of granite and landed, tearing his knees and hands. Down low, he could see better, and just ahead of him, he spotted the sleeve of a blue shirt. Its color stood out against the chalky stone. Extending from that sleeve was a limp, bleeding hand. I found him. He crawled forward and tossed a stone, just as John Hightree nearly tripped over him. Heath and John went to work clearing the debris. The two other cowhands were only a pace behind. It heartened Heath to know he worked with men who'd risk an avalanche to save one of their own. The four of them heaved rocks, uncovering chance as fast as they could. The boss's face was slick with crimson, peeking through the gravel and dirt that coated him. A goose egg rose up on his forehead. They were all bleeding somewhere. Heath couldn't see if Chance was dangerously hurt or just knocked cold. Then Heath tossed aside a slab of rock almost too big to lift and saw the brutal wound on the boss's leg. One of the men uttered a harsh oath. Heath spoke silently to the Lord. Gushing blood. Worse yet, a jagged bone stuck out of Chance's pant leg, just below his knee. A wound that always crippled, and often killed. Mike, John said, taking charge. Get Chance's horse in here. Windy, gather up the rest of the horses. Mike and I will get Chance in the saddle. Heath, you run for town. The two men vanished into the grit. No. Heath had never disobeyed an order from John in his life, but this time he had to. I need to see if he's got an artery bleeding. I've worked with some wounds like this while scouting for the army at a fort in Montana. Chance would, for sure, lose his lower leg. But it was so close to the knee, Heath didn't see how he could tie a tourniquet anywhere but above the knee. But if it didn't get a tourniquet, and skilled medical hands took over, Chance might keep the knee joint. And that made a big difference in a man's life. Heath whipped his knife out of its scabbard at his waist and cut Chance's right pant leg away. He took precious moments when he should be tightening a cinch around Chance's thigh to see if the bleeding had a pulse. If it did, it was life-threatening, and a tourniquet couldn't be avoided. I don't feel an artery bleeding, Heath said with relief. I might be able to patch him up, but we've got to clean the wound first. To do that... We have to get him out of this gritty air. Muttering, not concealing his doubts worth a lick, John picked up Chance's shoulders while Heath got his legs, flinching at the rough handling. They carried him across the stone-cluttered ground into clean air, just as Windy came up with all the horses except for Chance's, which Mike had caught and was leading back. Lay him down, and then I can clean him up. He and John positioned him. Get the canteens off the horses. We've got to wash the dirt out of the wound. Windy, Mike, and John rushed to do as Heath ordered. Heath prayed for God to guide his hands, because these men were putting their trust in him, and he didn't want to fail anyone. There's a spring back a couple hundred yards. John handed over the first canteen. We can get all the water you want.
Get ready to run for more as soon as one empties. Washing it out could head off infection, and that might make the difference between life and death for the boss. And I need something to use for splints. Even a couple of heavy sticks are better than nothing. Heath hunched over the cruel wound. Dirt and gravel were all through it, even beneath the broken bone. Not a speck of that dirt could stay, or Chance would be in a world of trouble. Ignoring the other men, Heath worked tirelessly on Chance's leg. He didn't know how much water he used, or how many times the men ran for more. They had five canteens, and all Heath knew was that when he reached up for more water, it was always there. Time stretched on. Whether minutes or hours, Heath didn't know. Chance's leg bled until Heath was scared for his boss's life. But he went on...